SAFM Sports Special with John Ferrica. There's no sport too small. Starstruck again, I am today. Uh, special guest, our, our offside guest. We're going to chat a little bit more about just what he's doing. Jack Devnarian joins us in studio. You know him from Dingo And uh, Jack, I, I was, we were going through your Internet Movie Database page, and mm. Cool Ticket puts the show together, made a big point of me saying that you've worked with two of the greatest actors ever in the universe, Michael <laughs> Douglas and Val Kilmer. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I used to be young and beautiful then. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was Val Kilmer. I, I did share a scene with him, but I I didn't have the good fortune of sharing a scene with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Although he was being a co-producer on that movie, The Ghost in the Darkness, he was kind of in and out and, you know, I'd see him far away attending to very important things and he carried the look of that worried man, you know, <laughs> where are my millions going? Now, besides what we're here to talk about, I also believe you're a powerlifter, and I was always wondering why you were, for lack of a better word, so buff. I mean, you, when, <laughs> you, when you put yes. on the suit jacket, you definitely have a look of a of not just a guy who goes to the gym. You know, that's a, a tricky one because I don't know which came first, whether it's it's just my physique that that led me to the sport of powerlifting, or whether lifting has made me look like this. I think it's it's kind of both, <laughs> because my my dad was a lifter mm. and. Um, uh, it's, it's, it makes sense to my body that it wants to lift heavy weight. And I suppose I am completely the wrong look for TV. I should be slim and tall. <laughs> I'm anything but. I'm, I'm more like the, uh, like the dwarf from Lord of the Rings with a huge battle axe on his back. That's, that's my look. <laughs> I, was, I was watching, there's a TV program with The Rock in now. It's a comedy based yeah. in, uh, in the world of American football. And he, he's, I mean, he's obviously slightly larger than most of us, but he also tries to pull that jacket thing off. And it's just, it's just <laughs> so strange seeing a big, big man in a jacket. Like yes, it, is, it can be strange. And of course, I've got the collar around this very squat neck of mine as well with the tie around it as well for mm. added effect <laughs> but I, I suppose you, you you do have those of us walking amongst civilians these powerlifter type people who just want to lift heavy weight all the time do you compete in powerlifting? I'm back in, in competition now um, I, I competed uh, my last comp was last September and before that it's been 10 years since I'd competed um, so it's been a long long time and it feels amazing coming back into it because now I fit into a different category of lifter I'm now a master mm-hmm. and <laughs> crossed the, the 40s threshold mm-hmm. uh, what do you best, I mean how do you train to obviously you're going to do all the exercises that you do uh, what is it squats uh, bench uh, a whole variety of things yeah. that you do yeah. do you have to do aerobic training as well go for runs or bicycles that kind of? you know that's always useful for, for any sport that one might do Mm. Um, it, it is helpful for powerlifting, although we find that the most effective thing to develop you as a lifter is simply to lift. So you do a lot of squats, a lot of bench press, and a lot of deadlift because mm. those are the three lifts that you would do sure. in a competition. And beyond that, and it's amazing the kind of fitness that one gets through those exercises. And um, you'd, you'd find you might vary your weights a little bit or you might add on some sets. Um, and there is sufficient aerobic training in that, although having said that i I, I enjoy going out into the air yeah. to you know hike a quick five ks or just to do a quick run just just to keep that heart ticking over and just to keep the joints supple. We're going to talk about how far you're actually going to hike. Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's coming up later on. I want to know more about the how much do you squat? I've got a I can squat over two hundred. That's kilos, two hundred kilos. Yeah. How much do you weigh? I'm eighty two. Okay. 
See. So I should be able to, I should be able to do more than that because I'm you see but I'm in a different weight category. That's so right. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's something obviously you got to find a sport that you enjoy. So yes, is and it it's, it's taken me years, John. I have to tell you because in my school career, it I I was the guy who used to train the hardest and achieve the least. <laughs> it stuck with me. I can't tell you how frustrating that was because my mates who used to. You know, wake up in the morning and decide, all right, maybe I should do an eight run, 800 meters today. Mm. They'd kill it. And I think, but how? <laughs> how did he do that? And it, it took me years of, of simply staying with it, simply always wanting to train. That took me into something that my body always knew. Mm. My mm. body had always known, I want to lift. We got the genetics, which you Correct. should have done at the beginning. Correct. Of yeah. course, in those years, though, it, was, it, it wasn't that easy to find a gym that would uh, you know, allow powerlifting. It was back in the, in the 80s. Now, I suppose it was becoming a fashion, a trend um, in the U.S. and in Europe. And that's when we had the big names coming through, making the sport popular. Mm. Mm. And with that, unfortunately, came the rise of, uh, of the steroids as well. And that, that, that controversy has always followed the sport, unfortunately. Um, but... I I was only able to to find a niche for myself uh, long long after my school days, mm. and there was sufficient room for me to grow and to to hit the heights that I always dreamed of. We're chatting to uh, Rajesh Kumar, or as he's known by his friends and family, Jack Devnarian, uh from Isadingo, and an actor MC. Is that uh, yeah? When you get three pages of what you do, <laughs> that's 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 impressive. I was looking; it's actually three pages long about what you do. I use large font. <laughs> uh, what have you been here? You've been uh, People Magazine's Crystal Award Best Soapy Actor. Favorite Actor Award at the U Magazine Spectacular, South African Film and TV Award winner in 2008 in the People's Choice category. Does that mean something special to you, People's Choice? It does, it does, especially because it's, you know, the, your, your, your judging panel are literally uh, the people who watch the show. Mm. People you're doing it for, really. That's right, yeah. that's right. It's for the audience. It's the people that you tell the stories about and for, and they're the ones who've, who, you know, who've, who vote through whatever means, uh, usually an SMS line or something. So that's always a big deal to me, to know that my work is reaching the people that it was always meant for and that they're responding to it mm. by saying, we like the work that this guy is putting out there. It's, uh, it's humbling and it reinforces the reason I, I keep doing it. Let's talk about something else you're doing, this Trek for Mandela Executive Climb. Now, you yeah. say that you like a little 5K run, and who doesn't? Let's face it, everybody does that on a Sunday. <laughs> right. But you're going to do something completely different. So give us some background. What is the historic Trek for Mandela Executive Climb in July? It's next month. This is a big deal because it's, um, it's being run by the, the uh, Mbumba Foundation, which has set about raising funds to assist young women and girls in impoverished and rural areas that don't have access to sanitary pads. These young women lose up to 50 days of school a year because they don't have the basic necessities. And we are literally talking about our future leaders. These are the business people, the people who will turn industry around, um, and we're not helping them. So Richard Mabaso, the head of the Mbumba Foundation, decided we've got to attack this. He partnered up with the Mandela Foundation and he says, we are now going to make this a priority. We're going to start raising funds. We're going to bring our partners and associates together and we're going to do something absolutely adventurous and crazy. Mm -hmm. And one of his childhood friends is Busiso Vilane, who we know is an adventurer of note. Um, You know, the very first black African man to scale 
uh, Mount Everest twice. He's been to the South Pole. He's you know, basically conquered the Three Poles Challenge. And Sibusiso will be leading our trek mm. because this year on Mandela Day, we will climb to the summit of Kilimanjaro in order to raise funds for these women. How many people are going? We're looking at 27 climbers. Sure. There, there'll probably be more. Um, we'll have support teams as well with us, but it was the number is significant, as you remember, 27 years that Madiba spent in prison. Mm-hmm. And we want to have each of those climbers reaching the summit in his memory. Mm. Um, so you can imagine that I'm putting in a lot of training, John, because <laughs> I refuse to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, you can't have 26 girls. Well, that's the thing. And there's Jack <laughs> huffing and puffing in the back trying to do a squat <laughs> with his backpack. No. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you train to climb, Kili? I guess it's just a lot of finding hills around Johannesburg. Absolutely. And they're, um, they're a lot more than we realize. <laughs> I, uh, had to, I've had to adapt my training. So I had to get mileage into my legs mm. and that means a lot of walking and a lot of climbing a lot of stairs my favorite location is the uh, Westcliff stairs okay yeah, yeah 108 steps they are and it's it's beautiful because these are beautiful old stone steps that are kind of irregular so you got to be totally engaged with your head and your legs and your feet your knees are all working together mm. to get you up and as soon as you're up, you turn around and come back down. You keep <laughs> going over again. I remember Patricia Glynn, who used to work on this station, she was based for a long time at base camp at, at Everest. Oh. And her training was up and down the stairs in this SABC building. Yes, it's that's a, an amazing idea. I was just thinking, looking at Henley Road. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a decent enough stretch. It looks like maybe close to a kilometer as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so I'm going to get my, my tire on my back, sure. as I do, and <laughs> start from the bottom and go up there and do a few sets of that. I'm thinking that'll be also great training with this incline. Okay. Uh, these, these people that are going, and, and I said in the intro, it's the executive climb. So you, uh, is it business executives that are taking part? Many are. Many are business executives. And I suppose it was called that because the intention was to to get the buy-in of big business and industry um, and with the help of these very influential executives to promote the cause of Trek for Mandela. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a useful idea, um, a, a very clever device to call it that, although it's not exclusively about these executives. Certainly if it was only about executives, I wouldn't really have a place on the team. <laughs> Executive and actor Trek for Mandela Club. So yeah. they're raising money to be able to do this, and in doing so, they're also helping these women with, or, and young girls, as you say. They said. are the primary cause, yes. Mm. Uh, what has been your biggest challenge in the training? I imagine knees are starting to give out. I'm very careful about this, John, because all it takes is uh, a sprain in the knee, around the kneecap, around the ankle, and you've, you know, that's 10 days of your training gone while you try to get it to heal. So I've been very cautious about that, and um, my biggest fear is just not finding the time to do the regular training because obviously I'm still in studio. Um, you know, next week I'll be in studio literally every day of the working week, and that means I've got a battle to find the time. Yeah. And th- it, there's really no point in spending half an hour doing something for me. Actually, I'd rather sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's good rest training. Rest training. Yes. I am exceptionally gifted at that. <laughs> It's, is climbing Kili still difficult? Uh, it seems like anybody can do it these days. Is it still a challenge? I believe it is a challenge. And the fact that there are that many people who've tackled it um, simply means that more people are up for the challenge. Mm. Oh, okay. um, in the same breath, uh, there are more people than ever before who've climbed Everest. Mm. Mm. 
And uh, I think we will see more and more people willing to confront their, their, their greatest fears and challenge themselves with adventures like this. Um, I even saw this on the internet. There was a, an American man who climbed Kilimanjaro and he had no legs. Yes. He used his arms and he pulled and pushed and dragged himself up all the way. Mm. And see, that that's the kind of thing that I respect. It makes me wonder... Have I trained my legs enough? You <laughs> can do this. It's one of the features we have on this show is what's your excuse? And ah. when, when you hear stories about people like that, I, I've seen visuals of a man going up in a wheelchair, yeah, yeah, specially yeah. designed wheelchair where he used his arms on, yeah. on special leverage and things. And you think, well, if he can do it, why am I sitting here on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon moaning about things? Absolutely. Yeah? It, was that the same sort of thing that went through your mind? It's like yeah, I can, I can yeah. be an actor all life, but let me let me give something back. Absolutely, I I absolutely realised, and and this is something I've seen from the start of my acting career. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing. It's a gift to have that platform and that space in in the minds and the lives of your audience. But what do you do with it? How do, you, how do you translate that into giving it substance? It's wonderful to be sitting in front of you in studio talking about this, but something has to be different at this point onwards. Mm. There has to be a change. So I'm, I'm saying this is um, when, when I'm doing my work, when I have the platform, when I'm in the media, I'm not just using it for publicity. I'm saying how are we improving our lives? How are we changing the lives of other people? And and that's why we do these things. I don't know if, if you know off your head. Where can people find out more about this caring for girls and the, the actual charity that you're doing? With well, the uh, Trek for Mandela is uh, is very active on Twitter, and um, we've got the Nelson Mandela Center of Memory and the Nelson Mandela Foundation itself that are doing a lot of um, promoting what this is all about, and it's the kind of thing that I love engaging on as well, and. Um, if even you know, if it's fine with you and the producer, maybe I can put out my Twitter handle. Yeah, and we no, can we'll put that on. We'll put it on our Twitter as well. So we'll do it live while we're doing it. Should we do that? Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Go. I'm at Jack D one five seven. Oh no! You got a number in your Twitter handle. At there's significance behind that as well, John. Okay, good. That's my my old PC number when I was a policeman. Oh yes! Oh, I forgot to mention that it, it's right at the beginning of your massive CV. <laughs> you, you, and you're quite yeah. proud of the fact that you're a policeman. I give thanks to that because coming into the industry as an actor, I was faced with a number of colleagues who had spent their lives um, earning their, their their qualifications in performance the hard way, and yeah. they were they were in the right places. And there I was earning my qualification, um, you know, making arrests on the streets of Durban. <laughs> but I give thanks for that because mm. I realize that's exactly where you learn the hard truths of life. That's where you see um, the, the craziest, most insane things happen, the, the humanity, the comedy, the pain, the loss, and it's taking place in front of you and mm. it's, it's, it's happening for real. And that's what has always guided me as an actor. Have, so you, have you played a policeman? Yeah, um, Many I times. think t- uh, twice. Twice I played a police. Yes, of course. The biggest one for me was uh, uh, Thirty-One Million Reasons, which was a feature film that uh, we shot in 2010, and it's based on actual events. Um, in uh, 1996, there was um, an, an armed robbery at a cash depot in Pine Town, and I was I had just joined the police in 1994, so this was big news. How do how do people just walk into a cash depot and take that amount of money? 
As it was revealed later, 31 million was simply the amount of money that was insured. <laughs> um, the the actual cash amount was far greater than that. Sure, sure. But it was it was the the stuff of legend mm, at mm. the time. So to be able to recreate that as an actor, now coming back into it, I was able to resurrect all those little nuances of what it means to be a policeman, and uh, I absolutely loved the experience. Acting a policeman again. <laughs> and just to wrap it up, because we we got to wrap it up. I'm, I'm imagining while you're climbing, Killy, you've got to you, you might go through dark places, and especially in your training, maybe you you, yeah. you go through dark places where you've got to force yourself to keep going. You've got your policeman's background, which must yeah. the training alone must be difficult to do, and and mm. and the life of a policeman. Um, but you've also you 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 found a way to overcome difficulties. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do all the time, isn't it? That's right. There's, there's a discipline involved. And my simple discipline is to imagine myself as one of those crazy Arnold Terminator type <laughs> people. Once you start them, they don't stop. Right. And that's me. Hmm. I will simply not give up. That's a nice way to end it. Jack, thanks very much for popping in. Great chatting to you. Pleasure, um, thank you. As, as far as sport that you watch, give me, give me three sports that you watch, and then we'll talk Rugby World Cup quickly. MotoGP. Yes. Athletics. And sometimes cricket. And powerlifting when they put it on the TVs. We don't see a lot of that. It's the only time you see it. It's Olympic and Commonwealth Games where you see the weightlifters. You'll see Olympic lifting uh, at the Olympics. Powerlifting hasn't been adopted as as a sport in in the Olympics. Hopefully, someday it might happen. And uh, Rugby World Cup 95, where were you? I was actually visiting Johannesburg. And I remember standing in uh, in a gun shop watching this on TV because... uh, I, I went to use the shooting range. It's <laughs> another sport I love. You see, all there we go. these are all the sports that people don't talk about. Maybe it's not PC. And that's why we're here. You see, we do <laughs> archery as well. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so you were in a gun shop watching the Rugby World Cup final. That's right. I okay. See, Beers were not involved. No, they were not allowed to. Not allowed to. It's yeah. amazing. Everybody remembers where they were in 1994. Yeah. yeah. I was woken up. <laughs> Jack, Jack, thanks very much for popping in. Great chatting to you. Good luck with climbing Mandela, this, this trek for Mandela. Let us know how it goes. We'll try and get you in here and, and have a chat. You just SMS 42513 and oh, your yes. 30 Rand will... Let's go through that again. So, how to raise money. Yeah, yeah. You just have to SMS Jack to mm-hmm. 42513 and... The cost of that SMS is 30 Rand. It goes into our kitty so that we can buy what we need to assist these young women and girls.